welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. My name's Javen. I'm an international online health and fitness coach. And if you want to increase your confidence, improve your self-development and have a bulletproof mindset, this is the podcast for you. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe depending on whatever podcast app you are using. Today's episode is going to be amazing. I can't wait to get into it. Let's go. Welcome to episode five of the Spectrum of Health podcast. My name's Jav. And today, guys, we've got a very, very special guest, someone I used to go to school with, someone who I've grown to become closer with throughout the years, and someone who I always kind of want to speak to when I feel like I need some enlightening, Miss Chantel Scott. Hey, give, thank give you. Give you a little clap. <laughs> I hope you like Hello, that intro. Yes, yes, that I've was been good. Try, I've been trying my best. Um, <laughs> So yeah, firstly, I want to thank you for joining me. No, thank you um, for having me. I feel like I've said this for like the last few guests, but you were one of the first people I thought of when I wanted to do this podcast. Obviously, it's only episode five, so it's quite early. So I really wanted people who I felt had interesting stories to share mm-hmm. and people who like I personally want to know more about your own story. So Obviously, I know you've been through a lot in your life and that's kind of brought you to where you are today. So I kind of want to just unpack that, you know, talk about the journeys. And the big thing about this podcast for me is talking about self-development, building a strong mindset and self-confidence. And I think that through someone who's been through some of the things that you've been through, you know, you've faced some challenges, but yet you're still you're still quite a confident person. You still talk with belief. So I kind of want to unpack all of those things. So yeah, I kind of want to bring it back to maybe your childhood and how that was for you. So obviously we met in secondary school, um, but I even want to go a little bit further than that, like Mm -hmm. in primary school. At at the stage you're at now, obviously anyone who follows you on social media and stuff, we can see that you're a very aware person. You're very open about your journey, your spiritual journey, your mental journey in primary school, right? And obviously when you're young, you don't know everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. how was you as a as a kid, as a primary school kid? In primary school, I say I can't remember loads, but I do remember just, I think, you know, I was always just that disruptive kid. Like okay. I just could, I couldn't focus. I couldn't, like me just sat in a classroom and doing work, it was very hard for me. I just always be chatting in the back or just want to have fun. And I'm more practical. So I need to do be like hands-on right. stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I'm more visual, imaginative. That's where I kind of like, yeah, that's where I've always been. So, but obviously I didn't really know that about myself. So then, and again too, you know, teachers, it's just, you're the unruly one. A lot of misunderstanding with those, with kids like that are visual learners, visual yeah. learners, sorry they kind of get singled out because it's like, you, you're not listening, you're not following the book. So yeah, I was always just that kid or whatever. And um, and yeah, and I think I was just a bit just, I feel there's like an underlying sadness, but perhaps because I was a kid, that bubble, bubbling, that, that playfulness, just always like, I wasn't really aware of it. And then I guess it got worse as I went into um, secondary and stuff. But yeah, so I think I was just a little playful, just in my own bubble, yeah. trying to find myself. I'm Pisces, not that, that defines you but you have little traits and I'm very I was very like it's weird like half confident but then very much more shy much more shy and I'm sure any Pisces can relate like very emotional and very sensitive and 
when you don't know yourself, that's all over the place. Yeah. So I was kind of like that too, you know, very sensitive and touchy. Yeah. So when you say sadness, right? You said you said sadness. Mm -hmm. How did that manifest itself in primary school or did it manifest itself? So I think like I've always been a very deep thinker. Even when I was younger, I just always, I always believed that just life, we, why are we here? Like I, even as a young kid, I just, bro, we're on this planet. Like there's no one else that what we're doing here, bro. <laughs> and, um, and I think like in the household that I was in is not like that. Like there's no deep thinkers. I'm the only deep thinker. And so, yeah, I think my dad, you know, my dad was quite a, a lot more open-minded. So, so when I used to go to his and stuff, I used to be like, okay, so why does this happen in the world? And why does that happen? And he'll kind of try and give me the answer he could which was good, but predominantly the household I was in, like, is most of the time there was none of that. So I would just bottle stuff up to anything I would have. I wouldn't ask, because then, you know, I just knew I wouldn't get the reaction, or I wouldn't get the answer, or, or I don't know. Yeah, I just held a lot of stuff in. That kind of trained me to hold stuff in right. and not express myself or not say the weird stuff that I'm thinking because yeah. I didn't want to feel like, okay, whatever. Yeah. What are you speaking about, Chantel? Or what are you asking about what life is? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of just... So that so not having a system to kind of have an outlet to ask those questions stifled you a little bit, mm -hmm, maybe? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. And then not having the emotional support and all those other factors of just like love, because there wasn't really like much love, love, um, wasn't told like I love you or like right. giving hugs and stuff. It was more like, I mean, it got material stuff, but not the emotional yeah. bond, what a lot of us that's lack kind of need, thing. And that's what you need. So they're not being, not having that and then not being able to express my weirdness or my questions. And then just all of that all together yeah. is just. And did you feel recipe. like, so I had a, a former teacher on the podcast, Dame Marley, obviously you know who that is. Did you feel like, the school that you went to also did not provide an outlet for that side of your your personality and that side of you? Well, they done little stuff, you know, they had music and that was a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. But when it comes to other lessons and, you know, English Master Basics, not really. Um, you know, they'd have like, a, you know, when they used to, what was it, the spare teacher they'd have in the class, the assistant teacher, yeah. who would obviously, I guess, go to the ones that they knew would probably wouldn't be able to focus and try and sit with them. But again, they're not really clued up on yeah on psychology and how the mind works and how kids are and certain kids visual, non-visual, all of that. So even though they would come to you, there would still just be that disconnect. Okay. So even though I know they were trying to help and I'd try, the focus just wasn't there. Mm. So then, um, and yeah, they don't, especially, you know, I'm 25 now, so I went to primary school like a good amount of years ago. So maybe now, you know, they've gotten better and a lot more advanced and you've got people like Marley who's much younger and who she's a bit more aware. So now when she's teaching her kids, she's probably going to give them all the stuff that I didn't get, you probably didn't get. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's kind of transition a little bit into secondary school then. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's where I met you. If I was to kind of think back to how I knew you, right, and how I know you now, in my opinion, it's like two different people. It's like two different and people. And I look at myself and I'm like, who are you sometimes? So if I think about back then, I definitely think that you had the deep thinker side to you, but sometimes I don't think you showed it. And another side, but I always felt like he was volatile and we might we would butt heads sometimes because we're both kind of stubborn, argumentative, whatever. But what I realize is I getting to know you more is that we were more alike than we may have thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why Which I was is butting, why heads. We butting heads so much, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, how, how was that secondary school experience for you becoming a teenager, growing up? Like, what was that like in comparison to your to your early days in primary school? 
So I think, yeah, I think that was very hard for me. Like I was in my head a lot. And like you said, I was volatile because I was just lost. Like I was in so much pain. So like as I was growing up now, I didn't, I wasn't brought up with my real mum. She's quite, like she's got like mental health and stuff. So yeah, so I was brought up with a different family member. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't given that emotional support and I wasn't, you know, expressing myself properly from a kid, you know, or only with my dad. So yeah, just like hiding that self. That's where that shadow self is built up. You know, when you're hiding the aspects of yourself and just the full you. So then that was just, that just manifested. And while I was bottling so much stuff, it was just all, you know, but bottling up, bottling up and it was just ready to burst. And that's why I would have angry outlets or be volatile because I just couldn't express myself in the correct way and I didn't know how to. And most of the time I didn't even know why I was feeling like that. But again, I was just a confused, like, the questions were just always going on in my mind. What am I doing here? Even in school, you like, where I just couldn't focus and I'd see my peers and I'd see my other friends doing well maybe. And you know, they're getting stuff they want because they're behaving and then I'm not getting stuff I want because my mom's onto me because I'm not behaving. But no one's not understanding that. I'm trying to like, I can't focus. I don't know why, like I need help. I don't know what's going on, mm. but yeah. And I just think, and pride too, you know, like I didn't want to express that because it's like all my friends are doing good. so. I don't want to show that I'm weak or that I struggle like academically or that I'm not, you know, that good with writing or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Kind of thing like, yeah, I just think, and I'm not having confidence and not having that emotion support from young and stuff. It just kind of built up and low self-esteem. It just got worse and worse. And again, to get into that teenage aspect where you start to fancy boys, you care what people think, you're trying to look pretty, you're dealing with just whatever else. So. So you mentioned confidence. Obviously, that's a big kind of, that's like one of the sticking points I always want to kind of talk about. Mm -hmm. So would you say in your secondary school years, you were lacking confidence? 100%. Why? Because as I said, like growing up too, yeah, I, I saw like a lot of just like my, my family member who brought me up was just quite negative and, you know, it didn't motivate us in the right way. Like I said, that's why I say just emotionally. So yeah, there's just a lot of negativity I saw. So I just never had that belief from young. Like, and, and it just, yeah, I just wasn't in the environment that was healthy. There was no like outlet for me and there was no one like to say, yeah, Chantal, you're doing good. Or how can I help you? Or this, that, or, and as I said, I had my dad, but I was just so used to bottling it up. I wouldn't even tell him how I felt most of the time. Or again, I wouldn't even know how I felt. So, you know, having all of that going on, I just grew just to be not feeling worthy, not feeling worthy. And having them questions of why am I here and no one's giving me the answer, I was just so confused and confused too as to why I wasn't getting that love in the home. So then that hurt me. So then I used to think, okay, I'm not worthy again. And obviously, like I said, growing up in the household, it wasn't my mum. And obviously all the other kids there, it was their mum. So too, I felt like the outcast and then none of them were like me. So it was so just all, just things. all of that. Yeah. And literally it just, all of that confusion just manifested in your behavior, in my behavior. Right. And yeah. And even though I had that good little, my dad would, you know, try and say, no, Chantal, you're good. Like you're right. You're a smart girl. That one voice compared to the amount of do, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. So, and it's funny cause like even when my dad, like when we speak about maybe my past sometimes, I'll try and explain that. And he just kind of won't understand that, you know, that one voice is just not enough sometimes, not when you're getting it from, you know, or you're in an environment that is so down, dense down with negativity. Yeah. So 
with that then let if you talk about maybe some of the external influences on you in those times and specifically I want to talk about community and the area obviously we're from Lewisham mm-hmm. some listeners won't know anything about how it was as a kid yeah, yeah, yeah. but explain kind of how that environment the things that were going on as we were teenagers kind of the way that we had to behave how did that play a role in your teenage years because I think that for many of us it had a big influence and kind of so for some people it's sort of determined a long part of their lives right yeah, now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how how did that kind of affect you I think that just comes with like you know ego and pride that's where them things are kind of built now like because you know school you're trying to glam up and find yourself and then you know outside of that now you're trying to make yourself this big, okay, I'm this girl, I'm strong, I do my thing, or do you know what I mean? Or I'm pretty and I know I am, or, you know, just that. So I think that's where ego and pride starts to come in now. Like I said, you know, you start to fancy boys and you want to start venturing out and stuff and enjoying yourself. So yeah, I think, you know, that's where that facade builds now. You start to f- figure out what's the latest or what's the glam, what's the, what do the boys like? You know, boys like them, maybe like the big bum and they like the long hair and they this, that. So then now you start to build this persona of who you think you are and all of that. And, you know, and now oh, I'm like this and I'm that. And so then all of that, you know, again, um, it just starts, yeah, it starts to build your ego up. And then again, it's another detrimental thing because it's just another part, it's another mask you build, basically. Mm. So yeah, that sort of environment just trained me to build another mask right. in essence. Okay. And I'm so, wanting to be around, sorry, the um the big boys yeah. too. Like especially for girls, you know, when you're going out or you start to fancy guys, you want to go for the top dog kind of thing. Again, a part of ego, you don't want to look like you're with someone who hasn't got money and who's doing their thing in school or who's going uni now. You want to be with the bad boys yeah Yeah. and um, (laughs) and again that's just a part of not knowing yourself and not loving yourself and just looking for it on all the external right and not internal yeah which is kind of a big thing that you talk about now is finding yourself knowing who you are Mm -hmm. so obviously in at this point in your life you got a lot of i feel like you have a lot of clarity you may not have all the answers but you know you you look from within before you look externally you're definitely when it comes to deeper level of consciousness and having thoughtful meaningful conversations you're someone i know i can turn to if i if i want to pick on a topic that maybe most people i can't really talk about yeah 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 so i don't want to skip forward too much but what i do want to know is how did you reach this point obviously there are some things you know you went to prison and we'll talk about that but how did you reach this point that you are now? Like, how did you go from being sad or being having low self-esteem, lacking confidence, um, being confused, having all these questions? How did you go from that to the state of clarity that you are in now? So being just like that lost state from young and then obviously manifesting. So then at school now, I'd got kicked out of school and I'd um, gone to centre. And then again, just a similar same stuff, wouldn't go, went there, couldn't focus, wasn't just whatever. And then so then I tried to go college and I tried to redo GCSEs and stuff again, couldn't focus, whatever. And and then I'd gone to get my own flat now. And yeah, so when I'd gone to get my own flat, obviously it was just, again, I was just lost now. Like I'm not going to college and I'm just, now everything's just amplifying and it's just getting, the bottle is literally just, 
it's just bubbling, bubbling. It's the way the lid's just waiting. And so when I was in my hostel now, when I was uh, roughly about 17, 18 is when I started to experience anxiety attacks. And it was so bad, obviously I didn't know what it was. And I took myself to the doctors one time and literally like it was just super bad. And everything was just getting worse. I tried to go to college for the second year, dropped out. And I was just stuck in my mind so much and just stuck in just thinking I'm worthless, not knowing what I want to do, knowing there's a purpose. I always felt like from young too, that's why I said I always just felt confused and I'd always ask this because I just, something always told me I have got a big purpose. I don't know what it is, but I just know I'm here for something. And again, like when I try and or express that, it would just get shut down with, or you know, are you, are you crazy or whatever. And so, yeah, so literally just all of that just amplifying now, I was just experiencing anxiety and severe depression now to the point where like, so when I got my own flat, I was doing, obviously, gone and done an apprenticeship in like nine to fives and just nothing was fulfilling me. I was just getting home at work, not even eating, smoking weed and just the depression was just getting worse and worse. And I was just, you know, even sick sometimes and just literally just hitting rock bottom, basically. And then, yeah, I was speaking to this guy at this particular point. And I remember like we used to argue a lot and obviously he used to say like a particular type of girl that he likes like physically and obviously it didn't look like me. So then again too, I used to just feel even more worthless. But then I guess I always feel like now this person was a soulmate. Like I know he was meant to come and just spark the seed because then um, he was very confident. Yeah, so he's a Leo and I'm a Pisces. So like that is literally the opposite end of the spectrum. They are confident as hell and fiery. But then I remember just like, it sparked a seed because it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be confident in this life. Like I gotta, I gotta take some of what he's got because you know, he, he's, a, he's getting through life and I'm a mess sometimes. So, and then, um, and yeah, and then he went to prison, he went away. And then, I don't know, it just, I was so depressed and I felt so lonely and I thought, how could I in this life be relying on someone for my happiness? Like, how am I ever gonna be happy if I cannot deal with being by myself? if I do not know what my purpose is and I'm expecting someone else to save me, whether that be God or a person, you cannot, you are here for a reason and you have a purpose. So, and like I said, you know, I've always known that and I've always had an open mind and I've always known there's a spiritual world. I've just, I've just always known this is not it. It doesn't make sense. We wasn't, we don't just come from a big band. That didn't make sense to me. And, you know, Bible and stuff didn't really make sense. Has truth in there, but doesn't make sense overall. You know, I don't believe we're going to hell and stuff like that. So all of those I knew, okay, I'm on the right track somewhere. Like I'm not mad, you know something, Chantel. And so with that aspect of stuff, and then like I said, having that experience with him and he kind of just sparked the seed and he made me realize, you know, yeah, if I don't love myself, what am I gonna do? So I started to, I remember I went on Google and I literally typed like, how do you attract love and money? Cause also too, I was struggling with money and keeping up with my flat and stuff. And I remember I just typed in on Google and Louise Hey, You Can Heal Your Life, which is um, a book, came up just all about this, Law of Attraction, Spirituality, Finding Your Purpose, The Truth About Life, that and The Secret. So yes, yeah, so I remember The Secret came up and I was watching a movie religiously, fall asleep, put it on, I was reading Louise Hey, and then it just took me on to another book, another book, another book. So you know when you're, when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. So, you know, and whether it comes through a physical being, a book, a video, whatever way, it will come to you when you're ready. So obviously where I'd always had these questions and confusion now, it amplified to the point where I'd kind of surrendered and it was like, all right, fuck it, no more distractions now, Chantal, you're not partying no more, you're not sexing, you're not drinking, 
you're gonna you're gonna do this so I used to just go work come home and just read and just read and just read but read and read and then I started to try and meditate because even though I was reading and you know my vibration was raising I didn't know that at the time but I was starting to feel a little bit more positive and stuff there's still my the voice was just too too strong and then I started to try meditation because I just knew that meditation's always been a good guru buddha thing yeah. and it's they're all bloody still and peaceful so yes yeah, so I just started meditating and then one particular night now, I got home from work in the evening and I remember I was just feeling like absolute shit. And I got into my bedroom and I got on my hands and knees and I was just like, if there's a fucking God, please help me now. Or like, I don't see any way forward from here. Like, I'm, it's funny, like I used to have suicidal thoughts, but I didn't have the strength to do it. I'd be too wow. scared to, yeah. and, and I knew too that, I just knew I was here for something. So I knew if I, I knew I couldn't end it. Like. And plus two, I used to feel bad about my dad and stuff. So yeah. then I thought, you know, I can't. And even my other family, you know, I, I can't leave them. So, so yes, yeah, so I got in one night and I got on my hands and knees and I remember just begging. And then I got into my bed and I smoked a spliff and I put on a meditation. And now I know at the time that I just surrendered because I remember getting into bed thinking, well, if that prayer doesn't work, I don't know. Fuck it. I don't even care anymore. Like I, I actually don't care anymore. I'm not going to stress myself. And obviously at the time I'd surrendered. So then... um. I was meditating now and I remember meditating deeply, like seeing the chakra colours and then I must have fell asleep and I woke up the next day and I was never the same again. And wow. now I know that I'd had the spiritual awakening. Wow. That's a, and, that's um, a story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's literally what happened. Wow. So how old was you at the time? So at the time I was 2017, so I was tw 20. I just turned 20. No, because I just turned 22. Don't mention So 21. 21 okay wow so it took you a long time to kind of get there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I want to ask you one question I want to ask you one question because I had a previous guest his name was Devel he's studying law right now at Lancaster University and he we spoke he always mentioned about the support system and that's what kept him confident when he was having self-doubt mm -hmm. when people were asking him if he was gay but he was actually straight and that helped him become comfortable with who he was and he was like, every time he was facing an obstacle, he had supportive people around him, whether it was family or it was friends. He also, I believe that he wasn't with his biological parents either. Mm -hmm. So he also had a situation where he wasn't with his actual dad. It's not his real dad, but it is his dad, but sorry, not his biological father. But how do you, do you think that if you had a support system that understood you or at least an outlet where they were, you were on the same frequency, would that journey have been quicker, do you think? Or do you, do you think that it did, at the stages that you were at, it didn't matter what anyone was saying to you, like there was no helping you? No, I think 100%, if you're around people, if you've got parents or even other family members who are on your frequency, you're gonna accelerate or have a lot more awareness because when these questions are arising, and I go to them now, I'm going to get that clarity. Yeah. And then that clarity is going to help with me not feeling so confused and looking for other outlets because I don't understand and I can't speak and I can't express. So, you know, yeah, I think I think definitely. So what about your friends at that time? So if you get family, what about your friends' work? Your friends at that particular moment, let's say from like 18 to 21, 22, mm -hmm. like were they on that wavelength? Were they, was anybody around you? in your close circle, or if you had a close circle, like were any of them kind of waking up? No. No? No, 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 no. Okay. So literally, so I, and that's why too, I think I always felt so confused and like the outcast because 
even though I have friends who I got good friends now from 16 I met them and literally eight was that eight nine years we've been solid good friends no arguments and nothing like that so but still we're on completely different paths and so yeah so like even with them though I wouldn't be my hundred percent self because I would, yes, I would dance and, you know, you know, I'm quite bubbly and loud and, and, and I just mess about or whatever. Like that's, I'd still be like that, but I wouldn't. And we talk about deep questions too. We'd have them conversations, what do you think about life and this, that, but I'm ready to talk about that for three hours or even five and go deep on the deepest level. Like, okay, do you think there's this or do you think there's that? I'm trying to go crazy places. And I just knew that, you know, there wasn't at that particular point. So I always felt outcasted too. And yes, and then so like having the awakening now, felt more outcasted. You feel more outcasted because you know truth now and you want to help them, but they don't know. Right. And um, and did you find yourself, you know, when you say you surrendered and you, you kind of woke up in a sense, would you say that you found yourself asking more questions? Because for me right now, I always find that I'm always asking loads of questions. Mm -hmm. I'm always asking questions. Like, some people, uh, I'm not, I don't want to talk about COVID, but I always refer no, back no, to no, COVID, no. right? <laughs> and it's a topic, right? It's the biggest topic right, right now. But like some people, they see something on the news and they're just like, okay, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no one, like, I'm thinking, where no, are the people question? asking questions? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, okay. And so like, do you, feel, do you feel like when you surrendered and you finally awoken and that third eye began to kind of start creeping up, mm -hmm. do you feel like that made you ask even more questions than you were asking before? 100%, 100%, cause it's like, that you're never gonna stop asking questions to be honest. So if anything, it might just get a bit less and less cause the more you remember then, you know, you, you or even if a question does pop up, you'll probably answer yourself. You mm -hmm. get to that kind of stage where you're like, oh, or you'll get the answer and you'll put something that you've remembered with together and you're like, ah, so yeah. So um, it kind of gets less and less, but at the start, definitely a lot because now, now that your eyes starting to open, you know that there's more to reality and you know that there's something going on. You know, you start to remember stuff. As I say, like when you, there's a lot of stuff within our DNA that's encoded within us, like the truth is within us. Literally all we have to do is remember it. We've not forgotten it. You know, we're not learning it, we're remembering it. So when your third eye starts to open, a lot of stuff that's been dormant, let's say, you know, starts to wake up in essence. So where it starts to come, you just start to know now. So it's like when I had, when I literally woke up, like physically woke up, got out of bed and I had the awakening, I remember walking downstairs and, and literally I'm in my flat by myself and I've gone into the um, bathroom and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, like everything's not real, law of attraction. Everything that I read in all these books now all makes sense now. Like, so yeah, so everything starts to come and so you kind of go through the stage where you're putting everything together and then you've got more questions and then the answers come in and you put it together and then you have more and you kind of do that for a bit until you kind of get to a place where when, they, when you have questions now, you go within. You no longer go to books. You no longer kind of go to videos. Not to say that I don't watch them and don't go to them when there's a topic that I don't know, but a lot of stuff, you know, you start to, it starts to come from mm. without. And then as you learn more topics, again more truth you know when you watch something you'll start to remember what you already know about it and then so it clicks so you kind of answer yourself as you go along and then yeah mm. so kind of moving on a little bit from there so you went to prison right now i admit i we'd linked up just before you went to prison mm -hmm. and you was already on the journey i felt it we was talking about it 
I could see, you know, I could, I was thinking to myself, you've changed a lot. I haven't, I don't even know who you are right now. Yeah. Um, we're having a lot of good conversations. So at that time, I remember I went back to America and I remember, I won't say his name, but a good friend of mine called me. He's like, you know, Chantel's in prison. And I was thinking, what? I was just thinking, no way. Like we just had, we just went out to eat. Yeah. Like I was just in London. We went out to eat and she was a different human being. No way. So as much as you can kind of tell, right? What led up to that? You going to prison, considering the, the awakening and the mental state you were in. How did you go from almost freeing yourself and, you know, waking up to going into prison in an environment that most of us would probably can't imagine what it's like? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So obviously, remember, I just had the awakening in November 2017. So I feel like when you first have that awakening, OK, you're awake now and you know you know truth that this is, you know, this is an illusion and this is a mental kind of prison that we're in and a lot of what we believe is true. It's not true, but you still got so much patterns, negative patterns within you now. Now you've just become aware of them. Yeah, so now's the job to get rid of them. So you're still gonna emanate them out on your frequency and you're still gonna pull in things. And then you'd be thinking, oh, I'm awake now. Why am I getting this stuff? Or why am I attracting this stuff? I know law of attraction now because you've now got to get them out of you. Um, you know, all that stuff that you suppress, that's within your DNA, that's from past lives, trauma, all of that. Now you've got to pull it out of you because you're going to still project it and attract it back. So I definitely think, you know, like that played a part. Like I was still in a place of lack and worrying. So obviously where I'd had the awakening and I just got fired from my other job and I was like, okay, I'm awake now. I don't care anyway. And and then obviously I was thinking, shit, okay, I've got, I got my facts to pay for. So I took another nine to five. I done an estate agent job quick. And sat at the desk, I was like, nah, this is dry. Like, and I'm awake now, so it's, and when you first wake up, you're you're amped, you're ready yeah. to just, so yes, I couldn't sit down and do that. So then where I'd let that go now, I was worrying about money for my flat. So I decided to grow some weeds and then I was doing that for a bit and that was fine. You know, like I had anxiety about it though. And yeah, it was just, yeah. Like but, you knew I shouldn't be doing this, but hundred percent. But you got, but, you got but, rent to pay. I got rent to pay, and even though obviously I knew truth or whatever, and I knew law of attraction that you can attract money, I'm still not clued up about. I've just popped my eye open. Yeah, I know it's true now, but I don't. I don't know the real crux of how to do it and keep myself on a high vibration because it's really hard to do that all the time because that's where you really amplify pulling things in. So yeah, so obviously, where's there's still all of that's all over the place, and I'm not got money. I just need quick money and. I feel so like amped up now. I can't even put myself back in a nine to five. It, it would really kill my soul now because now I know truth. So yes, yeah, so I started doing that. And then, and so I had a bit of anxiety about that, but I was at home and I was fine. And um, I was just doing my thing day by day, just trying to like read more now, find out more on my journey. And then I decided someone called me and they asked me if I wanted to hold a firearm. And well, they asked me if they wanted, if I wanted to do a favor and they came to my house and then it was a firearm. And straight away, I had the gut feeling, do not do this. Right. But money, that voice in my head was like, you're going to get money. You need it right now. And it's going to be enough to tie you over. So when the person gave you whatever they gave you, you know, your soul, your spirit was telling you not 100%. to, not to do I this. 100%. When I opened the door, yeah, I remember, because I, I didn't touch it. So when I opened the door, I remember my spirit, because I went to go and then I remember pulling back. And then I was like, mm -mm, you put it. And then um, so I made them put it away. And I remember my gut straight away was like, this ain't the right. The pit yeah. or the pit, literally. And I just knew it wasn't right. 
And I was just like, <clears throat> man, I was like, you're right, law of attraction, you'll be good, you'll be good, you'll be good. But deep down, I was worrying right. about it and I was fearing it. So that's what I really, what I was going to put yeah. yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So and, it's um, like you was fearing it and that's the fear. Yeah, and I'm trying to pretend and mask it like, oh, no, 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 man, you're all right, you're all right. But, but you see, when you've not truly got ridden of fear and all of that, like, it will, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's coming. It's, coming. it's not, it's, you've got to really figure out the root of it and pull it out because any, any situation will just amplify it. And then, yeah, so yeah, literally I had the gut feeling and then they went, the dropped it off, went. And I just remember something, all right, you'll be all right. And then I went to bed because it was like 1 a.m. And then I woke up um, the next day, went out, done my bits and bobs, come home. And then I fell asleep in the afternoon. And then literally I woke up to the door banging <laughs> and then it was the police. And then, yeah, and then they came and then so I how, skirted what, off. How long was you, how long did they, uh, how long was your sentence? Five years, do two and a half. Five years, do two and a half. Okay, so so before they gave you the sentence, right, obviously go to court and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So building up to, during that process, what was your mind, what was going through your mind at that time? What was your mind state like? At first, obviously, I was really emotional and just like, I thought I was getting going away for like for 10 years. Like, and I was just, I, that's the main thing. You know, I thought, what have I done to my life? Like, and especially where I've always been a deep thinker and I know that there's more, I've gone and put myself in this place. And, and, and I was just, you know, but then I think I was in the cells for about a day and a half roughly. So then obviously I'd gone to court and they said, all right, cool, you're going off to jail now, you're on remand. At that point, it was just a sense of peace now. Like I knew there's a reason for this. And this is where like, I guess obviously, you know, my true self, my spirit took over and let me know that like, you're okay, there's a reason for this. This is not in vain. So just chill out and just trust the process. And so, yeah, so then I remember like I was in the back of the, in the cells waiting and the guy comes and said, right, you're obviously going to prison. Um, Some stuff to tell you, like, you know, don't don't be sharing stuff, people will rob stuff. And they say, you know, plant in fear. And um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, obviously being, being aware now, and I'm starting to notice stuff. I'm like, you're trying to put fear in me, bro. I'm not, I'm not fearing it. So I remember I was just at peace and I got on the bus and then, yeah, I remember on the motorway, I was just so peaceful and I was saying affirmations in my head, actually, because I remember saying to myself, right, if I'm in this position, I'm not going home and I'm not getting off the bus. Yeah. So the matter of the fact is you better just work with this because you will melt. Yeah. Like, so then, um, and I guess this is where the strength started to build and, you know, that higher vibrations taking over too. And I'm just... Yeah, I just thought to myself, trust the process, you know, it's not in vain. Even though it can look like to yourself, like, look like, how did I get here? Like, I've just woken up and everything looks all good and gravy. Perhaps this is a blessing in disguise. Right. From externally, yeah, oh my gosh, she's gone prison, meltdown, this, that, is shame on the family or whatever, this, that. Perhaps this is going to be the the thing that catalyzed yeah. me to, to... So then again, too, I had So that. You, was, you was thinking all of that? Yeah, because yeah. obviously now that, I'm, now that I've awoken, I've started to think positively because I know that negative thinking is not true. It's mm. not us. It's pro we've been programmed. So and we've been It's exactly that. So, and remember, true, it's my higher self now. So when you have your awakening and your third eye opens, let's say, it's you realise you're the observer. You realise that you're not your mind. That little voice in your head is not who you are. Right. If you identify with it, which is what most people do, you get trapped in the mind. And again, too, we've been programmed, we've bombarded with stuff. So we're not truly thinking for ourselves. We're actually thinking the oppressor's thoughts and other people's thoughts. You're not actually truly thinking for yourself unless mm. you're truly aware and present. So, yeah, so being, and being an observer, just to like kind of clarify that is you realise that you're that you're behind thought. So if you have a, if you're that little voice in your head's going, but you're aware that it's going, 
well, how could you be aware of that? Do you get what I'm saying? If you're that catching little, it after. Exactly that. So if you can say, okay, well, oh, my, my, my mind's just going today. Well, how would you know your mind's going if you, if, you, if you were your mind? You'd be locked in. You would never be able to be conscious of your mind. So that's what they say, be conscious. You're being conscious. So if you start to think negative, catch it and realise that your mind's just going off off of the oppressor's programming. And then when, you're, when your mind's thinking positive, it's aligned with who you are because that's true. That makes you feel good. That raises your vibration. That's how you know positive thinking is true. Right. That's how you know, you know, when you're thinking, for instance, if you say, okay, well, I don't know if something's good for me, or if it's making you feel bad, that's how you know it's not alignment. It's not, right. yeah. So having, so, so, so having that realization upon awakening, I kept reminding myself, you know, on that bus, you know, you're the observer, Chantel. This is Chantel. Chantel is just this body that mind you're experiencing this through her but that's not who you are. You're a divine, infinite being. Right. So just ride this wave. There's yeah. a reason for it. Yeah. So, so yeah. you could almost say, in a sense, to bring it to more simpler terms that people may understand, you almost had like a mindset of like, I'm going to make the best of this situation. And 100%. this is this is an L, but it's an L for lesson. You know? exactly, it's an L yeah. for learning, not mm -hmm. for losses. That's, that's amazing that you had that mindset going to prison, but that, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think if so I you, wasn't you, awake, if I did not have that awakening, and that's why I feel like partially too, like I know when you have this, when you have an awakening, you know certain truths and you know that when you came to this earthly plane, there's certain contracts that you that you knew there was certain stuff that you had to do. Yeah. And, you know, that being your purpose and you, you know some life events are actually kind of somewhat co-created or somewhat you knew you knew you're going to go through something along them terms. So I definitely feel like too, perhaps it was maybe something that was even tied up beforehand right. because even the way I dealt with it sometimes I look back and I think no 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 that must have been planned because I handled that way too way too not easy but you know because I had yeah. my meltdowns but I mean shockingly like how you say to have that mindset even on the bus yeah because a lot of people will be defeated yeah 100%. You know? like, a lot of people they struggle I, I've been listening to a podcast called Delinquent Nation mm -hmm. and it's a guy he's a former prisoner he was in jail for 10 years and he only interviews prisoners and a lot of them say they thought that it was the end <laughs> a, lot, a lot of them say that he always asks them like what, what was it like before you like your first night in jail yeah. and they'll be like oh well I just thought my life was over I couldn't see the end of the tunnel you know what I mean so when you say you know you kind of had that I'm gonna make the best of this situation to have that mentality it's quite it's a good thing it's quite surprising and I like that though because even though it's not really comparable in the slightest, but I always think about the difficult times in my own life. And people always say to me, right, Jab, how are you always so positive, smiling all the time, blah, blah, blah. I just think in my head that I have nothing to be sad about most of the time, really. And anything that's happening, it's happening now, but it's not actually happening to me. You know what I mean? Like it's never really happening to me. And I can always get, I can always overcome things. And I think that a lot of people, they really lack in that mentality and that strength to be like, no matter what's going on, this isn't actually happening to me, you know? But oh, I can... it's just happening for that moment. Yeah, it's just happening now. But it's, this isn't forever. And I think that when you kind of clock that, yo, this isn't forever, Yeah. you can always continue. You can always keep going. And even though it's, it's different levels, talk about like people I work with and I train, I can even break it down to that level where it's like, look, this week, your weight might not go down, yeah. but this isn't forever. You just got to push through it. Yeah. And like, 
it happens on multiple levels, but it's people just don't have that mindset. And I, I always, I always wonder like, how can we help people have that thinking, you know, that optimistic and that self-talk. Well, I, I think too, like, if I did not have the awakening, I would have melted. Like, if I was the person I was before, like, lost, confused, and then going in that environment, yeah. I don't really know, to be honest. So, yes, I feel like the awakening played a big part. And I feel like in order getting people to kind of have that mindset and to kind of push through stuff is... You let you first. First, they have to know reality, kind of thing. Like you're, you're one of them lucky people that <laughs> you've kind of just picked it up. Perhaps too, you had a good upbringing, you had a loving mum, so you had a little bit more confidence, self-esteem. Your mum told you, okay, you're good, you know what you're doing. And again, that stuff helps because then you know I can push through this, I can get through this, and this that. So again, a loving environment definitely helps. And and then again too, I think for certain people, understanding like to really get to that place they have to understand reality because I feel like for me personally I didn't have what you have I didn't just naturally have it installed so the only reason why I kind of pushed for it and got to that place is because I had the awakening because I wanted to know more about life and so then I had the awakening. So a little bit on gel like the actual experience and throughout your sentence firstly how did you stay mentally strong in jail i mean i think a lot of people have a big like a lot of misconceptions about jail a lot of people think that it's just some madhouse where mm. people are fighting every mm-hmm. day and, yeah. but actually from the people i've spoken to and no. it's not actually as mad as people think it is no. so but the, but one thing obviously that we know you don't have is the freedom to go and do whatever you want to do so how did you like mentally what was your mind state throughout your sentence how did you stay strong how did you not lose yourself? How did you stay confident in your being? Like, what what was that like? So it was like mixed emotions. So like I said, at first on that bus and getting off, it was just, spirit was kind of just coming through me. I was just aligned. Like I was an open channel and I was aligned. So, and I guess where I, again, it was surrender. You know, I surrendered to the situation and acceptance. Those are two big things that when something's going on, you suffer because you're not accepting that that's what it is. And you're causing yourself suffering and you're not, or you're not just surrendering and saying, do you know what, fuck it, cool, it's like this. Or fuck it, it's not working, then we change it and this, that, sorry for the swearing. <laughs> so then... Um, Explicit. <laughs> so yeah, so like, you know, that's where, no, so where, so where obviously I was just kind of in that positive mindset. My first couple of days were actually kind of weirdly okay. Like, and I remember too, yeah, so where that guy tried to like plant fear and was like, right, don't share nothing, this, that. I remember, so obviously because I had weed in my system, they put you on a special block where a lot of, pe- a lot of people take drugs, hard, much harder drugs, but you have to stay on there just so they can monitor you for a bit or whatever. And um, so I remember going on there and obviously like, Almost every single girl was all from like crack and heroin and literally, I mean, teeth missing, battered, skinny as hell. And and I walked in and obviously like normal, like normal. So then um so then they was all like, oh my god, like, like not being big headed, but oh you're so pretty, what are you doing here? You're so nice. Like, cause I'm just like, hi, you're right now. And obviously I'm nicer now because I'm awake, so I know it's be kind and I'm not volatile anymore and stuff like that. So and my vibrations is higher too. So obviously, you know, they're kind of just, oh, what are you doing? And like, um, they was just like, oh, do you want soap? Do you need anything? This, that. So again, too, that welcome. I remember going saying to myself, Chantal, like, and the awakening is all the awakening. Everything, you create your reality. So now I know, you know, with my volatile self before, I'd get nothing but drama or drama friends, drama this, drama that. So I'm thinking to myself, that guy tried to plant fear in me. 
And and obviously I have this perception that everyone else does that prisons this that because I was shook for a second thinking oh la I'm about to go in and have to fight and keep myself hold myself up, and um. When I went in that and I got that now, it kind of reminded me, hmm, you create your reality, Chantal. Doesn't matter where you are. Does not matter that you're in this place now. You create your reality. Like you can worm this as much as you can. Even if you're locked behind this, that like you can, you can still be, like you can still do what you need to do or whatever. Like whatever's for you, you'll be able to do it. Even if you think, oh, how am I gonna get that as prison? If it's meant to be, you'll get it. So again, and especially when I went in there with nothing, because obviously I didn't, you know, all I had was the clothes on my back. So and again, that guy tried to plant fear and then everyone was so helpful. It That's where something clicked for me and it was like, yes, this journey's real. What's happening is real. Because before, if I'd believed that guy now and then been shook on the bus. That's what you would have attracted. That's what I would have got. And then I would have gone, I would have gone in there with fear and then they would have they seen me as predator. They would have prayed. Like they would have, right. yeah, 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 she's fearful. Let's, yeah. let's take her. Because people say, you know, they try to take your canteen or watch out, they might try and do whatever, but. This is where I started to realize, mm -mm, not if I don't, if I don't believe that, I believe everyone's nice. Or I believe I get treated nice. Doesn't mean you might get, you might get treated worse by that person. That's yeah. but that's your vibration or and, what you believe. And a lot of people, even to break that down on a on a lower level, a lot of people talk about how when people have big dreams, other people project their fears onto them to stop them from achieving what they want to achieve. Which is why sometimes I tell my clients. Don't tell people about your goals. <laughs> you like don't tell people about your goals because if your goal is too big, someone's gonna be there saying, "No, you can't do that." Yeah, because they don't believe they can. Their, they percep their perception is so shut off that they can't see your bigger picture. It's like even now, sometimes I have that. I think that to myself, like. I want to tell people like, oh, you know, I have such big dreams and wanting to do my, you feel like I have such a big purpose to fulfill, but then they're not going to get it. You know, some people don't even understand frequency in the world. So again, they're just going to look at me like, oh, how are you going to make money off that? Yeah. Talking about frequency, but <laughs> you don't know that that's how, that's how it worked. Like, yeah. so. And my brother always used to say, say this to me. He always used to say, when there's a will, there's a way. He always used to say that to and me. And if your mind can believe it, your mind can achieve, achieve it. Achieve it, right. And I love my brother, so I've got to thank him because some of the, so he would say these random sayings and all these kind of things, and they'll always kind of play a little, even if he, even if at the time, to me, it's not a big deal, it's still sitting in me sitting in, And you see, it's so funny how you link that to now with you had that red, then random burst where something just told you, nah, man, I'm all right, keep going. You see, like, you had that instilled in you, which is, you know, which is why it's so important to come, become conscious because yeah. as we're having our, we're getting to that age where we're going to start producing now. That is what needs to be installed, and yeah. that is what will bring. And that's how life. that's how you change the next generation. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Cool. So that process, two and a half years, you kind of emitting positive energy. And were there any people in prison that you found were on the same level as you? You could have these conversations with, or was it was you kind of lonely in that aspect of you couldn't really talk about the spiritual side, your mentality of waking up. Or was it just, you know, how was that? It, so when I went to Bronzefield, which is like a remand prison, I met one person and it's so weird, like synchronicity. I followed her on Instagram. So obviously when I started my journey, I must have followed her. And then um, and then I met her on, um, then, yeah, then I met her in prison. And um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And, I, and then I remember I saw like a lotus, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, um, I was like, oh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, hopefully shoot someone, someone. So, you know, cause when I first got there, there was no one. So. Yeah, when I saw her now, we got to chat in and I saw she was on a similar journey. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I was with her for a bit, but then wasn't with her for too long because then she went off to a different, I think a different wing and then different prison. 
And then when I went on to a different wing, like a normal wing where normal people now, yeah, there was no one really. There was no one. There was be people obviously I'd have chats with, like, you know, like if they might come and say, oh, I'm not feeling good today. And I'd say, okay, well, you know, this isn't real. And then we'd get into chit chat and then they might ask me, oh, how did you get on this journey? Or why are you so positive? Or then we'd go into those conversations where I'm more talking. I'd say more being a teacher at that point. But yeah, and then when I went to, and we'd have little chats, like a couple of people that I saw with the secret book, we'd have a little chit chat about that. Oh, okay, Law of Attraction, do you believe it? This, that, or whatever. Um, there was one good friend that I had in the library. Again, we'd have good deep chats. But and she, I, feel, I feel like she was awakening, but she wasn't awake. And there's a yeah. difference between that because... When someone's awakening, obviously they're starting to believe, but they're still very much locked into the matrix and not knowing and thinking that a lot of stuff is external. So then when I'm coming from my internal place now, it's very hard to connect with someone that's not actually like eye open because certain stuff I say, they're just not going to get it. And and you can feel when they're not feeling you like, do you know what? They get it, but they don't get it. So yeah, so, and then when I went to... The next prison now where I stayed till the end, there was one older woman who, yeah, who I spoke to the whole time. And it was only really her who I could say she was awake. You know, she, she was awake. She knew that this is an illusion kind of thing. Other than that, everyone else, I could say a lot of people were waking up. A lot. A lot of people were questioning. A lot of people were like, I used to work in the library. So a lot of people was coming into the library asking for books, spiritual books, and even asking me questions or the Spanish lady, she was Spanish. But yeah, and I used to get a lot. She taught me a lot, but that was only her one. Wow, so one person that you really felt That was like... truly, I know she was awake and I know yeah. she, she knew what I knew to the level. Okay, yeah. so then throughout your two and a half years, and this is, I will leave it here when it comes to prison, but throughout your two and a half years, how would you say you, you changed from the day you went in to the day you left? How would you say you changed, whether positive, negative? How would you describe that that transition? and that change in you. I'm going to incorporate too, like how I kind of kept my mind free too, because I feel like I, I explained it, but not like the techniques kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So let me just do that quickly. Yeah, like how I kind of help myself to grow, because I know that now I'm on this journey, it's growth. You're only going to get better from here. And I know that this is the time I must do it. Like I'm here for a reason. And do you know what I mean? So I think I kind of, I used to go, obviously, as I said, I worked in a library, so I went and got a lot of books. Before, though, I worked, before when I didn't work in there, obviously, they put you in a little kitchen job and stuff, and I used to hate it. So literally, I never used to go. I just used to sit in my room, and I'd be, lo I'd be happy locked in a room, because if you don't go to work, you stay locked in all day kind of thing. You only let you out in the evening. But I was, because I was free in my mind, that, I didn't feel locked in. I was free. Honestly, I'd sit on the thing, and I'd feel free. I like, and, and then I just got loads of books, and I just read, and I'd just reading and reading and reading. I'd interrogate the Spanish woman. I'd take the book downstairs and be like, what does this mean? Explain it to me. And, and then I was doing the techniques that some of these books were saying. So, you know, I was trying to write out stuff about how I feel and keep track of it. Um, not all the time, I'll be honest. But I was trying to meditate and keep up with my meditation because I knew prior to prison too. So, but again, it was, I didn't really keep up with it too much. And yeah, and I was doing just like dancing. I promise you now, I say a lot of hours was dancing. Like, oh, yeah. and they say dancing frees your spirit. It raises your vibration. Like, and I promise you now, I used to stick, I had to stick all like these little tiny mirrors that they give us all down there. And I just used to dance and I used to play my music loud and Music, something that's always been, I'm just, uh, I don't really watch TV, I bang music. So yeah, so that was my outlet. Like I just used to dance and I would, and I know whenever I'd stop dancing and like I'd have, I'd feel like, right, that's enough now or I'm out of breath. 
my vibration would feel so high and stuff would just come to me, knowledge. I'd be like, oh my God, have I got to write this down? Or, oh my God, i got to do this. So two, where I was doing that and I started to realise certain techniques now that were keeping me high, that would keep, that was, you know, dancing, it's keeping me high, you know, exercising. I started to exercise, could go to gym for free. So I thought I better use this while this shit's free. So I knew that was, you know, helping me. So I just, all of these techniques too, I started to just make sure I was doing them because I wanted to get better. I want to be happy. I want to be healthier. And is keeping this free. And once this is free, I'm happy. Like, not even, happy isn't even a word. <laughs> I'm experiencing heaven on earth in my yeah. world. Yeah. So, and if I want that to stay because I've experienced hell and it's not nice, then yeah, I knew I had to keep up with this stuff and take myself away and not get caught up in the external because um, it was very easy to do that. Go and take drugs or go and do whatever, get involved in bullshit. Like, I had to, and not to say that I didn't get caught up in little situations, because obviously there was times where my vibration would drop and I would distract myself. But a lot of the time I was trying to just focus on me, reading, give myself to myself mm. and trying to just, yeah. So if you could describe it, what would you say the change was okay. from when you stepped out? Okay, and prison? then the change, how, yeah, and how I feel like I changed, I think I just grew more and, steps out of my mind to the point where I'm pretty much the observer a lot. So that's where, you know, if you've read or if you've heard about Eckhart Tolle, where he talks about being in the present moment, the power of now, even his new earth book, it is life is now when you wake up. And if you want to get to this awakening and you truly want to be free, you need to become the observer because that's how you truly experience life. You see the beauty in everything because you're not clouded by your judgments, mm. your beliefs, your trauma, your whatever you think's right and wrong and stuff. So prison just taught me to become the observer because I know that everything is me. Every relationship that I have, is not really there to make you happy. It's there to make you conscious. If it makes you happy, that's a bonus, but it's there to make you conscious. Really and truly, when you wake up, you realize you're you are spirit, you're the universe as are you. So then really I'm, I'm just experiencing myself. So once you kind of come from that knowing too, and you remember who you are and you know, you're doing all the techniques or you're doing all the things that are helping you to do that, you then, yeah, you become, a, you become present and you truly experience life. Like, and you see the beauty in everything. And even when bad stuff's happening, you just laugh at everything because right. it's not serious yeah. anymore. Even when stuff's happening, you know, that is super hard, you know, like, um, you know, what we just stuff that we're seeing nowadays, yeah, that you could possibly think, okay, well, it's got nothing to do with us, or you know, how is that happening, or this, that. When you see them, you come from such an observer level, a higher perspective now, you know that again, you have to take responsibility for all of this stuff because the reason why we experience this oppression on the planet in any form is because we have all let them oppress us and we've all been in such a low vibration for so long that they, they're able to control us. Right. So now if we raise our vibration, it's like, you know, Martin Luther King's famous um, quote, hate can't drive out hate, only love can. So when you understand that you're coming from the godly universe, spirit, love, and if, imagine if every person done that, where, we'll where, where it, place, we'll yeah. be in, we'll, we will be experiencing heaven on earth. And again, once we stop believing that, that we stop, we need to stop believing that stuff can control us. If I believe that prison could control me or that the prison guards can control me, again, I would experience suffering because I'm saying, oh, they're doing this or I can't do that because they're doing this. A lot of people say, I can't do that because the officers won't let me. Do you know how much stuff I like, for instance, over lockdown for the last seven months of 
my sentence was locked in 23 hours a day. And at one point I thought I was going to lose the plot. Like, because we never, we was semi-open. So we was allowed to like, uh, bowl about till about 8.30 at night and then we got locked in. So it was that going from that to straight, yeah. yeah, it was a lot. And, and it was boiling hot, 37 degrees. They kept us locked in a room. And it was it was just horrible, the stuff that that's we went through. No, like, I, that's what I'm saying. And you know, like, at one point, I remember calling my friend, I was fuming. I was like, are they taking the piss? Like, I'm cooking in here, bro. And then, but again, like, where I talk about coming from, looking at stuff from a higher perspective now is laughing. You know what, let them do what they do because I know what I know. And when I, and when I keep stepping into my truth now, my vibration is going to pull in everything that's meant for me. Mm. You know, it's not here right now, cool, I'm in the cell, but I know what I know and I know that I am free. Now I know I'm free physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So how could I ever be down now? And that's how it mainly changed me. It taught me to become the observer and recognise that I am everything. Everything that I experience is me because, and, and the more I started to have relationships with people or have connections, I realised that because whenever I'm in a bad mood or given attitude, I got it back. And and again, even with the officers, that was a big thing. When I was given attitude and this, that, I'd get it back and I'd, they'd piss me off, then they'd lock me in, I'd be put on basic, this, that. Whenever I was vibrating high, I don't know how, but I used to worm out and like, if we'd meant to be locked in, I'd be out. If we was meant to be finger, and honestly, some people would be like, Shanta, how do you always do that? And I used to say, the universe provides. And people would just think I'm being do-lally, but they don't realise it's real shit. Your energy is what affects everything. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether someone's got a key. Yeah, cool, I can't walk out of the gate. I have that, that physical restriction. But in all other aspects, I'm able to worm around. It but flows, energy flows. Exactly right? so. that. And when you don't believe that you're constrained, even the rules, I don't believe in the rules. The rules is if you believe in them. And that's why they put them there. So you believe in them and then you attract what you believe. But if I don't believe in them, I don't attract that. So yeah, so then just the whole prison just amplified me in remembering, really. So you you definitely see it as when you, you, in your change, your change was was a big growth, big growth period. And it made me realize how strong I am. Like going from thinking that I was so weak and so down and so sad, like, to know how that most of the time I was quite happy. I've always just wormed around and got stuff that I want or attracted stuff. Like, I just thought, yeah, it made me realize like, wow, Chantal, like you have a power. And again, you have a purpose because for you to be experiencing all of this and and this is the way everything's going, there's something for this. There's something's gonna happen from this. There's no, this is, this ain't happening in vain. So that too brings a strength, a sense of confidence. That's interesting. And clarity. That's interesting. That's amazing that those two and a half years kind of, it helps you become become better. Mm. And also in a sense, you could say, in a way I kind of see that is almost like you felt that awakening and that surrender before you went to jail. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like you got put in jail so that you could get better at it. Yeah, exactly and that. And almost perfect exactly it. That. So yeah. that. And I feel like to get me away from the distractions. Distractions. And, you know, again, like I learned, cause you don't have nothing in there. So it's like, you have to learn, like, and you learn to be by, look at what I said, I struggled to be by myself, what happened? I get locked in a room by, by, by myself. <laughs> everything, everything, like, you see, that's how life works. Like, you know, what you're struggling with, is your, the universe will give it. You're going to give yourself. Your higher self knows what your lower self needs. It knows that your lower self needs to line, align up with that. It knows that in order to get the message out. So it does whatever it needs to do to bring that, to bring that into finger. So, and I think, too, just to add, like, 
it made me just realize that life is a game and I had fun with it. Like this journey is not serious. Like I know a lot of stuff, like I said, looks serious and a lot of situations and stuff. And not to say that you can't have be serious and speak about them and voice them and whatnot, but have fun with it. Mm. And know that in the end, it's all a game anyway. And you are attracting what you're attracting. Focus on that and you'll get what you need to get done. Don't worry about anything else because if everyone just does that, the problem will be fixed. So after coming out of jail now, you've had that growth period. How did, now that you're awake and you're questioning things and you're looking within, you're, you're not necessarily, you're much more than a surface thinker because a lot of people, they're sleepwalking, right? A lot of people we talk to and we interact with, they're just sleepwalking. Our family members, some of them are sleepwalking. Yeah. And it's, it's, hard to, <laughs> it's hard to have a conversation with some of them sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did waking up affect your relationship with other people, even romantically, other guys or women, whatever you're into, friendships? Like, how did that affect that side of things for you? So kind of like I said before, I remember when I was talking about friends, like it made it a bit weird because then remember I said I wasn't being my 100% self anyway. So then now that I am being my 100% self, now that I've had an awakening, even more disconnected because I've let, I'm letting go of all that ego stuff. And a lot of friendships and a lot of other relationships were built off of ego. ego. So it's built off of um, material stuff or you go and go shopping with that friend or you always go and get drunk with that friend. You always go and smoke with that friend. Where's that friend that you sit in silence with or that you motivate or you ask or you push each other in your purpose in life? Like there's not really stuff that's built off of that. Or um, that's just built off of truth. Or you, a lot of relationships built off of gossip and stuff, you know, or talking about worldly events, which again is another distraction. So when you wake up, you realise that what I've all just explained there is what all a sleepwalker kind of does. And they have spouts of truth, you know, where they have moments where they must be have that conversation like, damn, I didn't know they had that or, you know, whatever they, but that's not enough to sustain the friendship. So a lot of stuff, I remember I said, um, when I turned 16, obviously I made these friends in the hostel and literally they'd be my friends throughout. So when I went to prison, I actually didn't speak to them that much. Like I just kind of, I didn't really want to, like my spirit just, I didn't get the urge to call them. It was weird. I had one particular best friend that I called throughout the whole time. But, um, and he's awake now, which is funny. So I guess there was that connection there. But my my other friends, they're... I'd say like semi-awakening a little bit, but not enough. So yeah, it's just that hard, that disconnect. Like when you know what you know, it's just hard to connect. Mm. So, and that just goes for all relationships. That goes for friends, family. It's it's all the same. You know, there's just all, it's hard to connect with them. And you trying to express what you want to express and you just know they don't feel it. They can say, yeah, I get you, I get you. Or like even my dad, for instance, I was talking about, oh, you know, like it's, you, you get what you believe, dad. Like you, you are, what you, you know. And he goes, yeah, 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 so you're right. What you put out, you get back. But you don't get it though, because, <laughs> because you're, you don't get it because you're stuck. So you agree. And that's why I say everyone knows truth. Like send me down, his higher self knows. And he does know, but he doesn't remember it. So he doesn't get it to the feeling. So then it can feel sad sometimes, like especially on the journey at first, I felt like suffered with depression and like, I'm really just sad and emotional because I was purging all these stuff that I've suppressed and held onto. And I knew I had to, I knew I was gonna have to let go of like certain friends, perhaps if they don't level up to a certain way, I'm not gonna be around them that much. And again, family, like, you know, I can't really 
how I might just go out and engage or, or go and be on the phone to them all the time, or whatever. We just, there's not that connect anymore. Mm. So yeah, it was just weird. And it took me only like recently coming out of prison to actually deal with that. And like, even when I came out of prison, I felt really bad because my friends, even though I didn't really speak to them, they was there for me. And I knew if I did call them, they'd be there and they sent me money and all that stuff. So I felt like, how can I come out of prison and just not kind of chat to you? I felt like, and I'm a very loyal person. So it's like that loyalty, I felt really bad and I carried a lot of guilt for it. And then, um, you know, I had a coach and he kind of just reminded me, I can't feel bad for going off through my journey and going for my purpose. Yeah. I have a bigger purpose yeah. and I have something to fulfill. So, and it's something that's bigger than me. It's not even me, like it's bigger than me. So, and if they're not matching up to that, unfortunately, it is what it is. It is, what it is. They it is gotta kick is. rocks, man. So, or, or do you know what? You can keep in contact with them. Like I, at first too, I thought, oh, I can't speak to no one that's not awake now. And I felt like that for a while. But then I realized I can speak to them. You know, when you get settled within your place, you don't judge them anymore. At first too, you're quite judgy mm -hmm. because you kind of grow a spiritual ego and you think, okay, cool, I know it now. Or I just that. And you can kind of have that mindset for a bit. And some people even stay there for a hot while. You know, they're awake, but they're in the eat. They fall back to the sleep state kind of thing. So yeah, all of that, like, it just took me a lot to work all, through all of that. But now I'm at a peaceful state where I'm fine with you not being awake. That's your journey. That's where you want to stay. When you're ready, I'm here. And, you know, I still just keep contact. Hi, you're right. But I don't know, stuff kind of dies out naturally sometimes. Yeah. And again, that's a part of life. So like, would you say your friendship circle shrank a lot? A lot, a lot, a, yeah. lot a lot, a lot. Yeah, because I just, I find myself alone a lot of the time, which I'm fine with because yeah. I'm just doing me and I'm growing and I'm finding me still. And yeah, and then like there's one or two friendships that I have that, Funny enough though, yeah, one of them's awake. Yeah, <laughs> they're all, one or two of them are awake and the other one's awakening. They're the ones that I chat to mainly. Yeah. My other friends that are not really there yet, I don't really chat to them that much. Yeah, that's interesting as well, that, because I always find that if you can't learn to love your own company, you can never learn to enjoy others, right? And and there's there's a relationship coach. I can't remember this woman's name. She got a book that I read and she was, it was about love and relationships and stuff. And she was just like the biggest problem and the biggest reason why so many people end up breaking up mm -hmm. is because of the insecurities they have, right? Mm -hmm. And the insecurities they have is related to the lack of love they have for themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you can't love yourself fully in your entirety, you are never gonna be able to love another human being. Mm -hmm. So it's quite interesting that you say that. So obviously, you know me, you know I'm a coach, right? Health and fitness, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So. A big thing that we always talk about is your veganism, right? And your journey of kind of giving up meat and and all that. What has turning vegan done for you? Why did you turn vegan? What are some of the benefits? Is there anything difficult that you found? I can tell you right now, the reason I can't do it is <laughs> the chicken. Chicken. <laughs> I'm still I, I'm still trying, but the, the chicken. I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying. You'll get um, there, man. But yeah, like, what? Talk to me about veganism. Like, why? First of all, why? Why did you decide to do that? So when I had my spiritual awakening, like literally the day, the next day when I had the eye pops, I remember I went downstairs in the evening and I'm just in that high R state. I'm just in the R state, yeah? And I don't really have any thoughts. So obviously, like I said, I'm not really aware of what's going on. So I, at one point I thought I was going mad a bit. Like, and so yes, I went downstairs into the kitchen and so I cooked meat. And so I um, cooked peppered steak and rice, some mac and cheese, some coleslaw. And then if I put it on my plate, I've gone upstairs into my room, I've 
take to, took a bite and then I've just looked at it and I'm just like, and I didn't know at the time. So I just thought, what's going on? Like, have I got eating problems? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, but at the same time, I didn't feel down. I was in our state. So I'm like, okay, like, I, all right, you know, maybe it's just something good's happening here or whatever. And then I like, sorry for the graphics, but I was going to the toilet a lot, yeah, and literally like releasing so much. And I was like, what the hell's happening here too? I thought I had a problem. And then I had, funny enough, I had a friend, I met this guy in the shop, in the health shop that I went to and I, we started speaking and he was either awake or on the journey. And so he was telling me like, you know, when you, when you have awakening, you kind of just purge all of the old shit. And, and obviously, because as your frequency raises, anything that's of a low frequency, it's not going to survive kind of thing. It's, it's like if you're getting healthy, cancer cells aren't going to survive. They've got to go. So everything was coming out. And yeah, I wasn't, I just didn't want to eat meat. So I was thinking, you know, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just wasn't getting the urge. And then I think I went and searched some stuff now and I realised that obviously vibration now, like eating animals, they have a vibration. Like everything else is energy. It has a vibration. So a lot of the reasons why I was feeling the way I was feeling was because animals were low vibration or the way they're being killed, sorry, is a low vibration. So where they're going through trauma, illness, the way they're cramped up, artificial light, they just get treated like the worst. They literally get treated like shit. No, they literally get treated like shit and it's just horrible, man. So literally, where they're getting treated like that. And most of the time too, animals know when they're going to be killed. Yeah, they, we think animals are dumb or they don't know. They know. When a cow is being carted off, the cow behind it knows where it's going. Yeah, they get the fear starts to build or whatever. Or again, when they steal the mother's baby, other cows see that, they witness it, they have feelings, they sense it. So again too, when, like it's like now, if you knew someone was about to kill him and, and drag you, fear's gonna start to build up. And then that releases certain stuff with it. I don't know the scientific names, but it releases it within your body. So then again too, energetically now, that gives off a vibration. And so then now when you're consuming that, you're literally consuming the low vibration. And that's why they say obviously too, it's important that you can bless food, you, you know, you can bless meat and stuff, which is good to help raise the vibration or, you know, try and buy organic or whatever, where it's killed in a more hu natural way or, is, or it was let roam, roams around and it was- uh, Free range. Uh, free range, that's it, sorry. Yeah, it dies naturally or whatever because it's not got the vibration of torture. It's not, they, they was living a happy life. So it's a much better vibration, cleaner, most probably not injected, not pumped up, all of that. So, you know, I don't judge anyone who eats meat and you can, you can eat it a bit better and this, that, but you know, there's so much more to it. There's the vibration. And if we, again, we want to stop all suffering and oppression in any form on this planet, that's a big part of it because it affects our vibration and it affects the vibration of mother earth, the planet. Like the way that we've got these factory farms and this, that it's not natural. Yeah, it isn't natural. It's not is natural. It? Yeah. Like they've got cows um in Lined the little... up side like, by side. Yeah, they like can't even move, yeah. It's mad. Like, like it's not natural. You know, like in the back in the back in the day, you know, even if our ancestors and stuff they uh, consumed stuff, it was natural. You know, they went to fishing hunt naturally or yeah, and they and a lot of the time they ate veggie and then they ate on certain if occasions they could catch or something, if they then, could catch yeah. something. But the way we do it now, so systematical and they pump it with chemicals. They, it's got they got a bag of illness because of the way they're being chicken in their one one leg one arm mm. they cut out the cancer of it all of that stuff i started to become aware of and knew the truth about it and what they do and they dye the meat to keep it um so we buy it from tesco and all of that it's bright red but in actuality it's all dying chemicals so obviously it started to become aware of all that and most of the time too is that information's out there but when you're asleep I remember, I promise you now, someone said to me about being vegan when I was asleep. I can't remember who this was. And I remember saying to myself, no, no way. I love chicken. I was laughing. And I promise you now, when I look at myself and I think, wow, like 
who am I? Yeah. Because, but when you when you awaken, you realize you can't be. I can't be a part of that. As I say, you and me, I am you. It's the same with animals. Again, we 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 look through life through our mind and through our perception and what we've been programmed and all that sense. So you look at them as different or external or separate. But in actuality, when you understand the nature of life, you're connected to everything. Everything is you. Mm -hmm. So I can't do that to them. They're me. Again, I want to stop the suffering on all forms on the planet. You know, again, if we want to stop other stuff happening to humans, everything is a reflection. We're worrying or how was we locked up for the last year, treated, just whatever, playing with us, up, down, up, down, this, that, this, that. What do we do to animals? Lock them up, mm. treat them, up, down, up, down. Like, inject it's every, them. Every, every, <laughs> inject them. Everything is a reflection of our internal mm. stuff that we have done and that we continue to give into and and... You know, again, understanding that too is understanding that all of that systematic, the way they push food and they push junk food on us and meat and certain stuff like that, and they tell you, oh, you need it because of protein or because you need it because of calcium, it's all alive because you can get more calcium from kale than you can milk, and you're not a baby cow. Baby cow's milk is meant, it's got certain stuff in it that is growing a baby cow. It's not growing a human. That's why your mother has a breast milk. You're meant to feed her, and then after that, that's it. She doesn't need, you don't need calcium when you get to a certain whatever. So again, we have to understand that nature and the way everything's aligned up. We have everything we ever need. So, so. Ha, ha, like, obviously we grow up in London, Western education. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, but the science says this, the science says that. Obviously there's different train of, train of thoughts. Mm -hmm. How do you combat or argue against people who will be like, well, the science says that we need this in our bodies and meat provides this or, you know what I mean? Because that's probably the battle I have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say to you, like, I'm I'm still in the matrix. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I accept that I'm yeah, in the matrix. No, you're not 100%. I'm aware that and I'm that's in what the will free you. Right. Like, I'm aware that I'm in the matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't see the... I can see the route out, but it's like, yeah. there's a barrier, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you combat and argue with people who might be like, yo, yeah, there's protein in this and I need to get this amount of protein to have this. And if I have vegan, if I go vegan, I'll be deficient in certain things in my diet, so on and so forth. Like what, how do you combat that? What do you, what do you say to people who are following the science that we are told? Well, I always say to question everything. Like what, because they say it, that is true. Like it doesn't, you know. Yes, I always say question everything. And then also too, I say, look at some of the animals in the world, the strongest animals. Is it rhino, gorilla, elephant or whatever else, cow? They're all plant-based. Mm. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff that we're taught, you know, again, yeah, we're taught that we need protein and that you can only get it from meat. When you eat meat and the protein in it is secondary, you're eating secondary protein because the animal has got it from the plant or they get it from whatever they're fed, the hay or whatever it is. So they're secondary. So really and truly, if you want protein at its best, yeah. wasn't it best you go to the source? Yeah. Same way if I want spiritual information, do I go to you or do I go to source? Yeah. So again, it's the same thing, you know, we're bamboozled into thinking that we need this or whatever, we don't. Again, we're taught that in school science, a lot of that stuff is bamboozled in that way for us to be confused and yeah. for us to think that we need yeah, so a lot of stuff that we're we're taught to consume or whatever, it's not actually natural, you know. So I explain that to people, you know, go and research it. I don't really go too deep because I'm not here to debate and argue with anyone. But I plant those seeds, you know, those questions that, who told you that? Look at some of the strongest animals. Again, if, the, if we know that the source comes from there, wouldn't it be better to go to the source? 
again too then I talk about obviously health you know like health is such a big thing if you want to be completely healthy in actuality it's best to cut that stuff out obviously if you're awake or you're coming to this journey you can understand the vibration essence of it and even if you're not there you still understand that a lot of illness comes from the stuff that they do now like like I said like it's not like it's not it's not like natural anymore like if you're going organic and you're trying to eat as clean as possible then perhaps that's a bit better you know and you're finding it hard or you don't want to let it go that's cool but really and truly a lot of stuff's not healthy anyway you know a lot of the meat is pumped with chemicals yeah. it's sick there's pus in it all of that again see fish it's got a lot of mercury all of that you can get omega free from other uh, plants and stuff you don't actually need fish oil or whatever they say that you need do you know what I mean so again it's a, about becoming clued up on what's actually true and knowing yeah knowing because a lot of yeah. stuff we was taught in school is a lie and that's where though you have to start questioning that yeah. you know because if you believe everything you was taught in school then pff. yeah it would be but it would yeah be you have to start yeah. questioning and knowing that you know and that's when I bring up to other people like on Instagram that perhaps that I follow that I know who are living completely happy healthy at their fittest finest being vegan like yeah. I feel at my fittest finest being vegan right and that's what that's what I was going to kind of move on to in terms of how you feel physically since turning vegan energy levels you know sleeping even like internally and I don't want to be graphic but like your shit mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. pee like you like how has that changed for you you don't so, you don't talk about shit and pee no but. so no you know you're meant to have like a bowel movement about two or three times a day like now I have that and I can identify when certain foods don't like if I have like white bread or white uh, flour or whatever stuff like that I can feel it you know just uh, my skin like my skin is not the best best right now but I also realized too that a lot of stuff is internal it's not always food but food plays a part it, but it plays a small part though you know it does play a small part but yeah a lot of stuff internally but nevertheless though most of the time my skin is very smooth it's quite clear you know I'm healthier just in body wise like you say I've got more energy when I wake up in the morning exercising um clear-minded more motivated truth is able to come to me now more because again I'm not carrying all these dense low vibrations because mm. You know, eating meat and certain stuff like that too is quite dense. It's like the 3D. And as you're as we're raising frequency, we're going into different realms. And this is too, too dense for, for certain realms where you're gonna access certain stuff. Right. So yeah, so that aspect. And yeah, just overall, I just feel healthy and I feel happier too. Like I feel like I feel like it definitely changed my mood. Really? Like I definitely feel like when I stopped consuming it, perhaps too, because I don't got dead animals inside me. Like they've, gonna, they've, they've, they've felt pain. So then that pain is it's inside you. So you know, sometimes too, when people like, let's say they eat, they eat like a plate of chicken and rice, yeah. And then after they'll be like, all right, I got niggeritis. And then they might feel like, oh, I can't be arsed. And then they just feel like, oh, I'm not in the mood, man. And go scrolling on Instagram. And you just think, oh, whatever, man. You don't, you don't even realize. Look how your mood's just changed yeah, there. Just from one Just from one. But then you're so oblivious. You think, oh, it's this or oh, it's that. And you know, you shouldn't feel like that after you eat. Right. Like, and whenever I eat plant-based, even if it's something that's a bit heavy, I still feel like... Yeah. I still feel... And I still feel... You still feel... Because good, I... Because, yeah. because... And it's nice too. Like, I promise you now, to know that I'm not eating an animal, I actually feel nicer. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know what? Now I realise... Before, I remember reading this quote, yeah, and it stuck with me. Before, I thought I had compassion, but I realised I didn't. Like, having compassion is having compassion for all life and realizing it's all equal mm. so when i don't consume it like when i'm chomping into a veggie burger i actually feel a lot better yeah. i feel happier to know that 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I love me. And so I respect the avatar that I'm in. And I know that if I got a purpose and I want spirit to flow and I want all the things that I want, I can't consume certain stuff. And I respect myself and I love my body. So I only want to put what's best for it in there yeah. and what's nice to it. So let's talk about quickly, because we'll wrap this up soon, but let's talk about some practical steps that people like me who are in the matrix, yeah. but we're, hard, we're <laughs> one foot in, one foot out the matrix. Yeah. And we flirted with the idea of going vegan. Mm -hmm. What are some of the practical things we can do to maybe start that journey as in, you know, maybe eat meat twice a week instead of every day or, mm -hmm. you know, go pescatarian and then go, go vegan. Like what are some of the practical steps we can take? Yeah, I always say that. I say try and cut out meat and eat clean as possible, the best kind of meat you can, like I said, organic or just whatever. And then, yeah, slowly try and cut down on it. Find like meat substitutes, if because obviously for someone like yourself, if it's like most of the time, you know, it's just like the meat aspect. It's not actually the flavor because you can get, you can season it up, you can season shredded mushroom the same way. And I promise you now, I'm not saying it because I'm veggie, a lot of the stuff you cannot tell the difference once it's fried or done or chefed up. Yeah, so I think finding substitutes so then, you, so then you feel fulfilled because that's mm -hmm. what it is too that that mindset your mind is like no I don't feel full up I don't feel fulfilled that doesn't feel like meaty a lot of people say that's that that's what it is it's meaty vegan, like yeah it's like I don't feel, feel fulfilled so find like a lot of meat substitutes that you can play around with and see what works for you what you like like I don't really recommend the fake meat substitutes I'm talking about like shredded mushroom jackfruit I don't really like and if you do enough of it and fully you'll feel alright but yeah I don't really the fake meat substitutes is kind, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like junk vegan and a lot of it's got like soy and stuff that's not really good for you anyway. But there is stuff out there that is good. They've got like pre pea protein. So certain, you just, again, just have a look on the ingredients. If you care about what you're putting in your body, you'll look. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so just try and find alternatives like that. Cut down slowly, like you said, auto-pescatarian, then vegetarian, then vegan. Because I just hopped and that was very hard, but... And throughout prison, I ate vegetarian because I would have died. So again, don't beat, don't, don't beat yourself up. You know, like it's, it's a slow process. It's a hard process. We've been so conditioned and we're addicted yeah. to, to a lot of junk food and a lot of meat and seasonings and stuff. We're addicted to table salt, just a lot of stuff. So don't beat yourself up. Give yourself time and just get knowledge. Like watch stuff where you can actually find out truth. And again, if you want to understand the energetic level of it, which is the biggest kind of thing, take time out to understand that because that will help you to let go of it because you'll start to grow compassion. And once you start to grow compassion, you're not even going to want to be a part of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're going to, that's one of the biggest things for me. I just don't even want to give into that, that, that industry anymore. So again, to start to just become knowledge, um, knowledgeable on, um, you know, yeah growing compassion and stuff, because I definitely think that will help open up your mindset to where even you're eating meat once or twice a week and you're getting it the healthiest way if they've died naturally, if they're this, that. And it's healthier for you. Yeah. So just become knowledgeable, man. Knowledge is the key. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, then. So i got one more question. Well, I've got two more questions, really. Firstly, obviously, this podcast is mainly actually centred around how your mindset, your confidence, your it's about self-development and how that also is related to fitness. And you mentioned that when you're in jail, exercise was important. Mm -hmm. So at this point in your life, you know, what's the importance of health and fitness to you? At this point, I won't say that I keep up with it all the time because I don't, but especially like just before prison, especially on a lockdown, because that's the only time they was kind of coming to get us to take us out. And um, that other than going outside to association, 
was only like for half an hour, it was gym. So even, listen, even people that you'd never seen in the gym before were coming gym. So, you know, like that was a big part where I'd, I'd never worked out so consistent throughout, throughout my sentence that like I'd always go and stop and start. So then because I wanted to just, you know, that room, it was hot. I wanted to exercise, I wanted to get better too. And I knew I was coming out. I just thought, you know, you know what, let me push myself. And I know the impact it has on you mentally. Like when you're doing a workout and you can push through something that you feel like you cannot, your body feels like it can't, feel like you're gonna break this, that. When you push through that, the mental strength that you have when you finish a, a session, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Like it's actually a no brainer, you know? And again, you just need to push yourself through certain stuff. And I feel like it teaches me discipline, you know, like discipline is so important. And I really know that I need to master that in order to fulfill what I need to fulfill. So I wanted to discipline myself. Again, I, I love my body and I want it to be healthy and I want to look after it. I know that if I do not move, my back gets stiff. Like a lot of problems that we have is because we don't move and, and we're stagnant. And, and again, to energy, the life force, when you move, your energy starts to flow information can move better. You can process stuff. Like if you're just stagnant and you wake up and you just, and then you go and sit down, you just hunch. You're just, you're closing yourself. You're yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're affecting your energy. So, you know, that was a big thing. And just realizing how it makes me feel, man. Whenever I felt low too, when I got up and I pushed myself through working out, I felt better. Serotonin, you know, all of right. that. I got forget all the scientific words, but it's, it's just a no brainer. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I want to be moving when I'm 100, when I'm 90. I always tell long. people that, man. Like, <laughs> you got to think about it. The way the world is, the world, the way they set it up for us, it's, it's not set up for us to win. No. Because no. How, in, how in the hell is it right for you to get up, you shower, you make your breakfast, you go to work and you sit at a desk all day? With artificial light on looking screen. I remember when I used to work in a job, my eyes, my, I started to get bad eyesight. I had to start wearing glasses. And I used to get like just mini headaches from the artificial light on my back. Like it's just not, it's not normal. So obviously you need to do everyone- do as much as you can. Everyone has to work, everyone has kids to feed, they got to make money, bills to pay. But if you're not prioritizing at least 45 minutes, 45 minutes, three times a week, four times a week to some form of movement and strengthening your body. Exactly that. Even right. if it's yoga or something that again, gets the life force moving. moving. And that all, it also, it's all a domino effect because once that life force gets moving, yeah, motivation starts, then right. focus happens, then clarity of thought, then you're able to start thinking, okay, cool, what, what am I doing? What, what am I doing here? You I could be doing something better. More, yeah. yeah, yeah, you start to get clear minded. So again, it all, it all ties in, it has an impact. And yeah, man, it's just, it all ties in, you know, it's just, it's so important to just keep yourself and look after your avatar. Like we don't realize how important it is. We just think, oh, it's all right, man, fuck it. I'm here for, for this little bit and then this, that. But no, like we're passing it down within our DNA. Yeah, it's more, like, even it's more than food, just now. Yeah, yeah, the food that you have, your body is rebuilding its cells every, every couple of months off of the food that you ate. So then what you literally are what you eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And again, to exercise and all that stuff, it all comes together in just keeping yourself motivated, disciplined, focused. It all ties in, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool, man. That's been a pleasure. I'm so glad you joined oh, me. I really enjoyed you. this. Um, so obviously now you're out of jail. You've been out for a while now. Lockdown, you've come out into probably the, in the odd time, I'd probably say the worst time, but you probably... I feel like it's also a good time because it's giving you time to settle. Imagine if you yeah. just jumped straight back into life and you had mm -hmm. to figure things out. But like, what sort of things 
are you are you trying to do now that you're out of jail? This is this will be my last question, really. But like, what any projects, anything you're working on? I know you kind of want to get into sort of some sort of teaching and and stuff in a sense. So like, what what do you have on your plate? What what are you trying to do? So at the moment, like I've just got courses that I signed up to do. So obviously, where being in prison, you don't really have they have uh, the usual college courses, the courses the what they want you to program you with basically kind of thing. So there was nothing in there. I'd done mentoring and stuff like that, but there was nothing in there really that tied in with what I wanted to do. That was the closest kind of thing. They had like counselling and other courses and this, that, but nothing really resonated with me. And like I said, I'm not really academic. So, so then, yeah, so when I came outside now, I said the first thing I kind of want to do is just jump on some courses and actually start to, even though I know when I want to be teaching, I want to do like life coaching, mentoring, you know, that type of thing, speaking my truth basically and using my story as a testimony. I know that there's certain tools perhaps, you know, that I'm going to need in regards to how I do that and how I set it up. And even just understanding how I can deliver the truth, you know, because sometimes like on this journey, it can kind of just blur out or you can get lost track and we can come off of topic and you can just roll into so much stuff because there's so much stuff to get out. And, you know, so again, I just want to learn certain techniques on how I deliver deliver stuff because there's and there's so many people too at so many different levels. Mm -hmm. So you have to know how to kind of hit home for everyone in a, in a, in a certain way. And yeah, just gain more knowledge because there's always more to learn. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that I don't know or that I haven't remembered yet, should I say. And so, yes, I just said, I've only been out for six months. So I said, I just want to use this time, even if it's for like the next year or so, where I just do all the courses um, that I'm doing and slowly start to write my ideas down on stuff that I want to execute. And then I can start to think, okay, cool, how? Not so much how, because the universe does the hows, but it's more so what can I do where I can take my action and then the universe can align with me, you know, because obviously you have to take action in certain stuff. So like I said, the action that I kind of got advice or my spirit kind of said is just do certain courses, get get certain stuff knowledge up like mindfulness, life coaching courses. And also another course um, learning about the, uh, it's called the Mayan calendar, or if the older ancient name is the Omec, Omec. And when you start to align with that, and I'm starting to learn, remember that, should I say, you actually realize how it's really aligned with life and how the whole synchronicities, um, it each day aligns with your chakra, the energy, how you actually, when you're in alignment with that, you have much more clarity on what your purpose is, what you're here for. Because just to quickly say it, obviously, again, most stuff we've been taught is distorted. So this calendar, was made up for a particular reason. I'm sure you can go and figure out why, because that was for another podcast. But yeah, so again, it's distorted. It's not in alignment with who we are. It's each each month's different days. It's just all, and that's why partially too, we're out of alignment where it goes so deeper in and we don't know who we are really and how we're truly meant to align with nature and with mm -hmm. the cycles. Like even for a woman, the Mayan calendar is linked up with her menstrual cycle, the birthing, you know, how a kid is, conceived for 260 days, the cycle, which is nine months, roughly, if you come out on time, that actually links up with, in the Mayan calendar, it's got kin numbers. So each day it tells you, if you're, when you find out your kin number, it tells you about your purpose, why you're here, certain stuff about yourself, so then you can link it and understand the energy that you bring and why you do, why you're the way you are kind of thing and how you carry traits of other kins. So again, that's linked up with nature cycles. So when you start to understand that now, like, the, I had a breakthrough the other day. So as I've been doing these courses, I, I was kind of thinking, nah, I'm giving up, I can't be asked, I don't understand it because it's so it's too much, it's confusing. And how do I learn about that, but still deal with the, the it's called the Gregorian calendar, which is our calendar. 
how do I deal with that normal calendar now and try and incorporate both? So, um, but then I had the click the other day and it, when I realized that this calendar literally is aligned with us so perfectly, even down to the geometry and the numbers, it made me realize this will actually be a, such a big catalyst into me deepening or remembering more of my purpose and why I'm here and how my energy, why it's the way it is and why I feel compelled to talk about certain topics um, and why I feel like I'm in this avatar, this mixed face body, because I feel compelled to talk about certain white stuff, black stuff, all just all different stuff. So it makes sense to me more now as I'm finding out about that. So yeah, I'm taking the time to try and understand different stuff that I feel, that I know too, I know is going to play a big part in me than speaking truth now and taking my purpose forward. Yeah. So that's been my kind of, that's been my, and I was working for a little bit. I was working in a Caribbean food shop, as you know, um, for a good couple of months, like four months or so. So when I came out of prison, I had a, a, about a month's rest and then I jumped straight into work. But again, I felt a bit like, oh, come on, man, this is distracting me from, you know, what other stuff I could be doing kind of thing. So that's why I took the time out to say, let me just do me for a bit and Cool, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate thank you for joining me. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when you are ready to kind of execute. Mm -hmm. um, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. I'll put your, your social media in the description. So if you guys want to see more Chantel's journey, it's definitely worth following some interesting lessons that you've been posting recently. And I really enjoy watching them. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. So yeah, episode Thank five you. of the Spectrum of Health <laughs> podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, yes. all that good stuff. And peace. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. If you are someone who has been struggling to get in shape, you want to lose some body fat, you want to feel better about yourself and you want to build some lean muscle mass as well as transforming your confidence, don't hesitate to reach out to me on my social media and just ping me a message. I'll get back to you as soon as you can. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and tag me, okay? Tag me. I really appreciate all the support. Watch out for next week's episode. See you later.